1: He's Casey McLean, and he's next. And now, from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor. I know Casey McLean from Twitter, when a guy called Package Man For Real was tweeting at both myself and at his podcast, the Off Speed podcast, oftentimes about baseball and sports and then comedians it was a whole mishmash of people getting together to do fun things sadly that pod is over casey started a new one though called cask audio he does something really nerdy by day and then does comedy by night a really interesting character and a lot of fun I know Dan Soder because Dan... Was uh, a guy I trained to do radio. Oh yeah, back in like two thousand, probably two thousand. Oh wow, They're like there's going to be a new guy to run Loveline after you. Got to show him what to do. And I was like, yeah, all right. Wait, you were on Loveline? No, 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 no. Oh okay. Like uh, it was a syndicated show. Right. I wish, man. That'd be well,
0: because I mean, obviously you you weren't one of the hosts. I know that, but I thought you, maybe you were uh...
1: <laughs> a bit part of some yeah. sort.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Like the, they have a bunch of producers and junior producers and call screeners, and sure. you could have been any one of those people. I wish, man. It would have been. Yeah. A,
1: it's a it, because then you'd be an L.A., where they do it all yeah. on K Rock and stuff, and to be sure. part of that. Actually, our company Intercom is uh, acquiring CBS right now, so right. soon I'll be co-workers with the K Rock gang down ah. there. So. But um. I was uh we syndicated Love Line, so it came on at ten o'clock on a satellite right, feed gotcha. and I trained Dan how to push the right button and play the songs in between and, and essentially be like a super stoner behind the board. <laughs> uh, and the first day he shows up to he shows up to work. Dan Soder's a comedian out of New York City. Look him up, he's the best. He's great. Uh, he shows up to um he shows up to the station and I'm like, Hey man, you're just gonna show up to your first day of a new job in a crazy industry just stoned? And he's like, I'm not I'm not stoned, right bitch? I'm not stoned, bro. I'm not stoned. And I'm like, yeah... You're freaking stoned! What are you doing? He's like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm like, don't lie to a guy who also gets stoned before work. And he's like, <laughs> mm. and like the, uh, the relief that came off of him was incredible. But from there, we were like pals. Like, oh, that's uh, cool. and he has certainly surpassed my success level <laughs> by uh, by the the feats that he's already pulled off. So um, that's cool. He, I guess he's going to be. Well, we should look it up probably, but he's going to be in uh, Tacoma.
0: Yeah, Tacoma Comedy Club sometime next month.
1: Like in June, sometime ish. I think it's in. Oh, maybe it's in May. Maybe I'm wrong. It might be. Oh, boy. I hope it's not this weekend. That would be... (laughs) I I have to tell you that uh, Dan and I are close enough, I think, that I would get a text message being like, yo, dude, I'm in Tacoma. Uh, Dan Soder, Tacoma. Tacoma. Look up Dan Soder on uh, the internet too. He's great on. He's the, a,
0: an amazing podcast guest on other people's podcasts. Not oh my my, it's not like he's been on mine. Uh, he would if
1: you. Uh, oh, if, is that right? If you, if you need a guest, I'll uh, I'll make sure to. Oh, uh,
0: dude, I would. Oh, Friday, eternally June, grateful.
1: Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Tacoma, Washington, June 9th, tenth, and eleventh. So there you go, Dan. There's your uh, there's your free oh. free plug. Anyway, Casey. Um. I uh, I know you do comedy that's why this all yeah. started up. You're uh you're a comedian also. Is Tacoma your home club?
0: Yeah, definitely that the, is.
1: They are um sorry to the other clubs in town in Seattle. They're the best club in Tacoma, I'll put it that way, okay? <laughs> I love the Tacoma Comedy Club. I yeah. don't know how I don't know what their approach is with new comedians. Are, are you a new comedian? How, how long how I'm much skin like, do you have uh, in this game?
0: I am like I yeah, I'm definitely new. I'm definitely. I don't have any. Uh, I've never accomplished anything the whole time I've done comedy. But I have done. Congratulations, thank you. <laughs> that is the. Uh, I've. I. I will say, it, you got to work really hard to not accomplish anything in comedy. Like to accomplish something, you have to work even harder, <laughs> yeah, right? <sure. laughs> I've. Uh, I've done a couple. I've done like some weekend shows there. I have a monthly show called Drink and Debate there. Oh, what do you do? Uh, Obviously,
1: besides drink and debate, it's very obvious. But what's the?
0: I. I host it, and then the, we ask. Two teams of comedians to debate wild topics where there's clearly one side that makes more sense. And uh, like one of them was, should everyone in Iowa be forced to marry a close relative? And the yes side won by a lot, like by a landslide. (laughs) Who judges the audience? There's uh, we have three judges, like uh, sometimes they're comedians. We had like a couple a couple guys that are really big comedy fans last time, Uh, actually I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name. Uh, yeah. Seattle Radio Guy will be on yeah, the yeah, judging no, no, pitch. No, 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 it's it's fine. uh it's Slickhawk Matt Nicholas uh who is the producer for Mitch in the morning on K J R A M. He'll be one of our judges. I might have to talk you into being a judge. I would gladly do that. 100
1: percent I love comedy. So we just did uh, it.
0: We just booked it. June eleventh is the next one. It'll be right after a weekend of Dan Soder. And it's
1: June 11th. It says that he's there for that. It says Tacoma, Washington, June 11th, Sunday. Oh, is that right? That must be uh, That must be errant. That could be wrong. Page he, not found is what I clicked no, through on oh it. And it said page not found. So. Well, if, either that or I
0: just found out that my show got canceled. <laughs> June 11th, also my birthday, so come. Hey, don't happy birthday, please buddy. Please don't buy me drinks if you come out to that show, because uh, I will be drinking. Is it always night. on a Sunday? It's always on a Sunday.
1: Okay, Sundays are tough, but I'll I'll figure it out one day. Oh yeah,
0: you guys gotta wake up. Early. I do that
1: morning thing, and I, I'm yeah. up at three forty-five every every uh, Monday morning. I think so you just let
0: uh, it ride, just come to work just drunk. Keep going. I think that's the move.
1: Uh, but I love the idea. I love uh, I love a comedy show. I love the the different shows that get set up around that and stuff. Mm-hmm. You get a good draw.
0: Uh, we've gotten a decent draw. We're, we also are doing. So I do this other show at Wingman Brewers. But starting June
1: 25th, he's wearing the shirt. <laughs> I am
0: wearing the shirt. I, they, they get very happy whenever they see me in a picture wearing the shirt. Uh, June 25th, we're doing a last call comedy showcase at Tacoma Comedy Club. But May 28th, when, I'm doing like I'm plugging like uh, unabashedly.
1: We're plugging up front too. Yeah. We're not even waiting to be in for plugs. Just get after. It. I
0: was just, all I'm trying to do is tell you that I'm a comedian, and then we got into <laughs> this. And uh, yeah, I'm a comedian. I'm a low level comedian. I I hope you knew that going in. I hope I I didn't disappoint. No, I'm all right. I'm good. Uh, I just want
1: to uh, change gears really quickly. I just got an update from MLB, uh, the At-Bat app. Justin Smoke singles in the top of the fifth to score. (laughs) The Blue Jays take a 3-2 lead over the Mariners. God damn it, Justin Smoke. How come you never did that ever? That, in Seattle, yeah, that
0: is the uh, first Seattle-related base hit he's had in his whole career.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's got a ton of strikeouts, though. Yeah. Um, you're uh, okay, so you do comedy, and mm-hmm. have you come up completely through to come a comedy club?
0: Oh no, I've uh, I've done some shows at like the underground. Um, is that
1: is that like, your home club? Is that where you get your most stage time? And oh stuff?
0: yeah, by far, I definitely. And I've like, yeah, I the, like the normal story. I think like I've worked the door there. I've done. I've tried. I'm cool. like really busting ass to be there that cuz it's 1 mile from where i live yeah i love the club it's easily i mean and i'm i'm not disparaging to other clubs i love the underground i uh, i've liked the time i've spent at the parlor so Tacoma Comedy Club is easily my favorite club.
1: Uh, I've been to a lot of comedy clubs, and no one has ever made me feel as like I'm about to have a great time like the Tacoma Comedy Club.
0: They do just about everything right. The owner is a longtime comedian. Yeah, and so I think that could go
1: one of two ways. Also, <laughs>
0: sure, sure. And I think that he's taken like the things that he liked touring the country and sure. the things that he doesn't like touring the country, and just kind of like. He's wiped away the stuff he doesn't like and maximized the stuff that he does like.
1: I've only been down there for one show. It was Joe List. And oh,
0: you are. Oh, boy. We are going to fall in love, I think. Oh, Joe good. List is my favorite comedian. Oh, he's great. He's the best.
1: Oh, look up Joe List. Uh, Joe List comedy, I think. Or comedian think Joe List. Comedian. Man, one of those. He yeah. just put
0: out an album called Are You Mad at Me?
1: And it's, uh, whew, that guy's funny.
0: He is great. Yeah. And then, and Mark Norman.
1: Yeah, so Mark Norman, his podcasting co-host. Dude, oh, we're in love. That's my uh, favorite podcast. I love, I've, uh, I, so I've stopped listening to comedy podcasts. Okay. I had to take a break from it because mm-hmm. I found myself doing nothing myself and only listening to other people do things. I and I was like, I'm overwhelming myself with not growing at all. Having a great time laughing about right. stuff. But those two knuckleheads on Tuesdays with Stories are wonderful. Yeah. The You Know What Dude podcast, mm-hmm. where all those guys kind of pop up a lot. That can be a Long, tedious listen sometimes, but mm-hmm. like you get a Dan Soder on there, you get a Joe List sometimes, and hearing them sure. in these different environments, which just comedians popping off at each other, yeah. is fantastic.
0: I it's- love it. I- I've tried to do the same thing where I've stopped listening to so many. I've listened to I've listened to a lot more NPR podcasts
1: sure. now. It's it tis the season. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there are some serious things that people are starting to be more interested in. Yeah, I'm maybe. sure
0: NPR is just killing it. Like that is the unspoken <laughs> thing is NPR is just destroying in the ratings. Yeah, I'm sure. less dick and racist jokes <laughs> and
1: more of the uh, more entertainment that is around issues. I feel like.
0: Yeah, I do also feel like I end up uh, attempting. Like I end up hearing premises and then feeling guilty if I try to mine those premises. Sure. And I never know, like, I don't know where to make the device. But I can't stop listening to Tuesdays with Stories. It's my favorite.
1: They're so fun, man. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's good to find someone else that kind of has a similar interest. It's
0: amazing that you like Dan Soder and Joe List, and we've discovered this in the first five minutes of this podcast. (laughs) It was,
1: uh... I went to see, again, Joe List down at Tacoma Comedy Club, and they were super cool to me there. And um, he's so awkward and being able to go up afterwards and be like, hey, man, Tuesdays with Stories, you're all right. And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey. And I was like, I know Dan Soder. And he's like, oh, it's too bad or whatever. Something like that. (laughs) Uh, But it was like, it's fun to know, to be able to... to know that those guys are real people, they're real, just like nerds that are doing comedy, oh, rather right? yeah. than like, oh, that's a that's a person who's like an artist doing something. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, I hear them all the time being dummies too. And then you talk to Dan, and he knows about it. It's fun to like get kind of a different side of that. Do you from hanging out at a comedy club enough like that? Do you end up being able to? pick anything up from these guys like in person not like just from watching from the side are oh they, yeah are, they, are people like that approachable typically
0: so i don't i'm not like a I i hate to meet someone through like if i go to a show i definitely don't want to hang out and talk to him of course i did a weekend with this guy named brett ernst who works in or he lives in la and i will say i picked up so much stuff from him and some of that was like uh like drunk philosophy also like some of it maybe we should filter a little bit of course but But yeah I had a couple moments where like uh, this is like an iconic moment in my life nobody else cares about this at all but it's the best it's uh, after the Saturday night show after Brett Ernst has turned up Rap music louder than the staff definitely wanted to hear, like and songs that nobody cares about, like (laughs) songs from the late '80s that, like, I was barely born when this song came out. And then he turns the music down and he looks at me, grabs me by me by the bill of my hat, and he goes, "Oh, I can swear, right? You'll bleep it? Sure, I'll bleep, yeah." Okay, he goes, "You're a fucking artist, man. (laughs) You decide what's funny." And like, I don't, you know, I'm still, I have never, uh, I don't have enough courage to just, I decide what's funny. Like, I'm not fearless. I want to be more fearless. But I think about that anytime I write a joke and I'm like worried people are going to not like it. Yeah. It's like no, I decide. Like I and then I just talk myself out of telling it a lot of the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's got to be like I deal with advertisers. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just say whatever comes to the old brain of mine. I'm mm-hmm. un- worried about ratings and things like that. And um, uh, that can be a hang-up at times to right. not be like, ah, I should have gone there with that story or whatever, Yeah, but I didn't because I don't want someone to be mad at me. Yeah. You're your own boss in that environment. That's other than, true. Other than not getting invited back, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The boss doesn't pay in this case. <laughs> <but> the- <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, no, that's true. I do think there's something, there's something wonderful and independent about it. About
1: it. Do you get to see these people as humans, or are they still performers that you're that are still at arm's length away?
0: Uh, it depends. I've had uh, people who are incredibly like Brett Ernst is relatively famous treated me like an equal. We got real drunk and went to the casino, and he tried to show me how to play craps. Uh, that did not. Work out well. I did not learn how to play craps. Sure. I've had people who have. Like, Hold on.
1: No one actually knows how to play craps, just for the record. It's <laughs> not a game where anyone really knows what's going on. I agree with you completely. Okay. That was
0: my suspicion the whole time, but <laughs> okay. I'm glad you revealed it on this podcast. Sorry, <laughs> um, Las Vegas. <laughs> actually, that's probably good news for Las Vegas that nobody knows how to. Uh, I've had people that are like, you know my level that think that they're uh that are not approachable that are my level too like i don't know i think it just depends on the person right i don't think they're any different than normal people maybe a little more neurotic and a little more like uh i don't know you seem pretty
1: grounded like you seem like a pretty Reasonable human.
0: Yeah, I think I'm all right. I don't know. There's probably people out there that don't like me.
1: You're, I can see a ring on your hand. You're a married. I'm guy. married. Yeah. So that's... someone finds you tolerable.
0: Yeah, one person. <laughs> hey, that's, that's all you really need, though, right? She did send me here today, though. So.
1: <laughs> She's like, no, you can sit through an hour of traffic from Tacoma. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I really value when I meet a comedian, because almost there's a ton of comedians that are like single and like hopelessly single right like not even unhappily single but they're never gonna be and i like when i meet someone that is married and successful and has like a successful marriage and is successful at comedy one it's like an inspiration but two like i know that i have things in common with that person immediately right yeah yeah and you don't find that all
1: the time and that somebody finds them tolerable exactly (laughs) like someone's vouching for you if you're married to somebody that means at least one person out there is vouching for you being okay enough
0: yeah, I agree. Oh, that's fantastic. You're married too, right? I'm
1: a married guy. Yeah, I got a. Uh, I I convinced somebody that I was all right. That's, that's good. Uh, How long have you been married for? Uh, just about a year, not quite. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm a uh,
0: little over a year. I was October 2000. 15
1: okay cool i was uh, last fall so it's uh it's still new and it's still fun it didn't change at all my life changed almost zero oh, yeah. percent when i got married and i was like oh i did the right thing yeah it wasn't like there was it wasn't different I, I had to be like instead of girlfriend or fiance i had to say wife now and i was like oh, i oh, hated
0: it's-. saying fiance by the way me
1: too it never worked for me
0: yeah and especially it's much worse in jokes i gotta say like girlfriend's fine Wife is great. Wife is way better in jokes. Yeah. Fiance is a weird middle ground that no one can relate to, I think. I feel like there's
1: material there, though, but now it's passed. <laughs> yeah, like, it's you you had your opportunity. It's too late. Do you feel like you're becoming dead inside by doing comedy?
0: <laughs> I do think that every time I think of a joke premise that... I there was a I was a late bedwetter, Okay. and I, the first time I ever told anyone that wasn't like my mom was on stage. Okay, wait, what do you mean by late? Like, uh... I was definitely the last time I wet my bed was certainly as an adult. Okay. But not like habitually, right? Like that was alcohol related.
1: Yeah. Probably like
0: 13, 14ish.
1: Okay. That's too old. That's oh, you were still or that's when you started? No,
0: that's when I uh I was still.
1: Have you sorry everyone listening that doesn't give a crap, but have you listened <laughs> to the Ari Shafir and Mark Normand yes, bedwetting? I have. I, yes. ju- I literally just finished that yesterday. Oh wow. And so like that's fresh in my mind that you have something in common with those guys as well.
0: Yeah, that's uh I think Anyways, so I, I, the joke never worked as like well enough for me to keep doing it, but it was like the, yeah, a certain part of me, I don't know if it's dead inside or more alive inside, like the the part of me that I hold private is dying, Yeah, and then like a part of me that's more public, I guess, is
1: growing. I just don't understand the, like, if one person says one mildly mean thing to me on the internet, I like shut down and want to die, Yeah, you like, can't imagine that your whole art is based on standing up in front of people who are like, I'm not feeling this, dude. Nude. Yeah. Also, I'm drunk and talking through your whole set. Like, <laughs> I can't, I, like, it would kill me. I would have to, like, yeah. kill a part of myself in order to uh, deal with that. And so I, I always wonder if comedians are there.
0: It happens a lot. I think it's, like, just enough exposure to that and you get a little bit numb to it for good, like, for good. I, uh, the first place I did t- comedy was at Tacoma Comedy Club. The second place I did comedy was at a coffee shop where there were 15 comedians, two audience members, mm. and it was 90 degrees out. It was, like, end of July and uh, people were like sweating it was so hot in this coffee shop and nobody laughed at anything I said except for at the very end when I just commented on how bad it had gone <laughs> and so later like uh, several months later my wife came with me to that open mic watched essentially for what had happened 25 times in a row that same scenario play out and she's like why do you come here and I was like there's so many more places that are like this than like a great comedy club open mic so yeah there's a lot of that like i don't know i don't know like i would you're definitely gonna face that if you do comedy i
1: think
0: just like or maybe i'm bad at comedy and nobody laughs at me and other but no you listen
1: to all these guys and they say that they're like you're gonna bomb you're gonna like uh, i did great one night i bombed the next night hit myself for a week like it's uh
0: i always try to stress that i don't know anything also because uh people there's some people that are like I'm not I'm no expert on comedy. I don't know. I'm trying just like everybody else, right? So, there's probably I'm I don't know. I just don't want to sound uh like I am like oh, grandiose. That's not the right word.
1: But there's something about I don't know I've listened to your pods before and there's like something about your delivery that makes you seem like an expert. You're you're well enough spoken and and even toned enough that it actually comes across like you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm a know-it-all. That's what I think it's called. Like oh, a, really? Oh, is, no, is that I, how you feel? I definitely, there are certain things that I'm very adamant about, like uh, sports analytics.
1: Yeah, it seems like you know a thing or two about baseball.
0: I definitely know a thing or two about baseball. I'm to the point where I can't watch sports with my dad because we get, I get frustrated because his mindset's so different, right? Like, I, I'm all numbers. That's all I care about with sports, and- uh, I definitely annoy people.
1: How does that affect your, I guess, trying to be uh, like a comedian is like an art. Like, I guess there's an art to how you understand numbers too when it comes to sports and stuff. But, like, I get how do, how are those two worlds, how do they come together? I don't know
0: if they <laughs> or do. How do you keep them apart? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if they question. do. I wish that I could, I wish that, like, writing a joke was more academic and was like more, uh, there was less gray area because. Yeah, that's I don't know. I don't think they do at all. I don't think there's any overlap in those two parts of my life.
1: Would it be useful to find the bridge? (laughs) Yeah,
0: maybe. I would love to find it. I'm constantly searching for it. I think because that's a those like my brain definitely works more in the numbers direction than it does in the. Like, I think artistic direction.
1: So, how do you go from just like thinking you could tell a joke or maybe not even thinking you could tell a joke to actually getting on stage and telling jokes? Like, what's the trend? Like, where did you start and how did you get to being up on stage somewhere?
0: So, the first time I ever went on stage, I had this friend that he and I worked at a box factory. We both worked on the graveyard shift and he was really funny and we would like riff back and forth all day, right? And we worked on the weekends, and we knew there was an open mic at Giggles, which is now Laughs yeah, in sure. uh, Seattle with Whew. a brief intermission as a strip club.
1: No offense to that place, but it's still a work in progress.
0: Yeah, they do get great headliners there, though. I will say, like Dan Soder, I think, was yeah. there within the year. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we went on for that open mic, and I just was like trying to feel the temperature of the water through my friend's toe. Yeah. And I watched him do well. And then I watched him bomb really hard. I went on stage, pulled him off stage. I I wasn't signed up for this open mic the second time. And then I tried to tell a joke on stage in his place, but I was probably too drunk to tell it. (laughs) And then I got off stage. And that was when I was like 22. And then I met, uh, so I'd I'd always wanted to do it and never had the courage to do it. And then I met Aaron Kirby. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, uh, so he lives in Chicago now, but he's a comedian. We became really good friends, started a podcast together um and then one day i was like hey man i kind of want to try this and he's like oh you should and then i've probably annoyed him not even probably i've certainly annoyed him <laughs> asking questions since then but uh that's, that's a good
1: friend though man that's a good oh, comedian yeah. too somebody who wants other people to come and do it too if nothing else to see you bomb, so that way he feels yeah. better about himself
0: but yeah um, i i rather, think that's the that's exactly what he would say <laughs>
1: rather than trying to just own it and be like no this is my thing to be like no no, no come on come, let's, let's all do it the yeah. better the scene the more chance that more people will come i guess
0: yeah maybe it's probably not. i bet it's not that complex the way that he thought of it he's probably just like ah, i don't care <laughs> like, do whatever like he do well or do bad just stop talking about it
1: <laughs> if you if i say yes will you go away
0: yeah th- it was funny because like the leading up to it uh you- i signed up for this open mic like a month in advance which is the only way that i could do things like i have to sign up for things in mm-hmm. advance otherwise i will definitely uh I-, I will talk myself out of it so i signed up for this open mic. And then I was sending him joke premises for like an entire month. And he's like, dude, I don't know if that's funny. Like, just do it on stage, have it go bad, have it go well. And you'll find out real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. It probably didn't go as well as I was able to delude myself into thinking it did.
1: That's an important skill. Yeah,
0: I do think that's true. I think that's true. I'm sure you uh, have experienced that at points in your career also. Mine is
1: all the opposite. I've never never done one good thing ever. And (laughs) no matter how much my wife tries to tell me, no, 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 I heard you do this, it was fun. I'm like, no, 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 I'm awful.
0: That's a that is a real uh, a showstopper. Is when I make my wife laugh, I know that's a good <laughs> joke premise because she is. I am not her favorite comedian by a long shot.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. If you can actually get her going, then you are like, yeah, yeah I am onto something. Yeah, she'll,
0: you- she'll go, oh, that's funny, and I am like, oh, perfect. That I, I could put that one in my. Are you
1: constantly riffing around her and like and like hoping to find something out of it?
0: No, I don't do that. I will. I will. I I try not to do that because I. F- I think that's annoying when I find out people are doing that. Like they're just trying to like bounce jokes off you. Yeah, I will say like, "Hey, is this funny?" Tell her the joke, and then she'll say yes or no. Mostly she says no. (laughs) Uh, So I like let her know it's a joke instead of like I'm going to take this to stage. You don't even know we're just having this conversation right now. Because that's kind of a disingenuous way to have a conversation. I think
1: I agree that like if you're uh, some people. I know a few people that have tried this before, and they get a little nervous about it, and so they can't help it. Like, they just, like, that's what their mode yeah. is, trying to find what's going to work. And I and I applaud you for at least trying to quell your nerves by, like, working through it or something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I get what you mean. If it's, like, how annoying would it be if that's your whole conversational relationship with yeah. somebody? It was <laughs> well, especially
0: some... it's, like, someone who I should have more than that. Like, there's comedians who, when I'm around, it's all just that, right? Like, and that's fine, because we're both the same narcissistic, <laughs> like... We don't need to get value out of this conversation, but when my wife is telling me about like her work day, I can't just like throw bits in the middle of it like she's not gonna like
1: that very much. <laughs> yeah. That's not being a good husband. Right? <laughs> um, what's the I guess I don't know how somebody starts writing jokes. I guess I don't understand where you're like, okay, sit down and write some jokes now. I don't know if it's that straightforward or if it has to be like stop and write down an idea that you had.
0: I don't think that I know either. And I think that everyone is different. For me, like when I started out, I wrote, so I, I, uh, before I ever did comedy, before I ever did podcasts, I wrote like a sports blog. Right. So my nature is, and it was like based on sports analytics with occasional attempts to be funny in it, but I'm like very much like write out. I want like the wording is extremely important to me when I'm writing something like that. Uh, I noticed, or I didn't even notice comedians came up to me and they go, yeah, you look rehearsed when you're telling a joke. Like the joke's fine, but you look rehearsed telling it. You look uncomfortable telling it. So I stopped writing word for word. Why are you work. so
1: uncomfortable? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, like, and that's the thing. That's what the funny thing about it is, uh, you'll go like, Oh, you look uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause I'm in front of 150 people. I don't know. That's why I'm like, a, <laughs> you, put me why into,
1: I, you put me at the zoo in front of this many people and I'll be that <laughs> uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, so I don't know. Like I, so for me, what I've tried to do is stop writing stuff out word for word so that I never have experienced it that way. So I don't, Rehearsed? It's not rehearsed. Right? Comes off less rehearsed. I don't know if that works. I don't know what the process. Like everyone's process is different.
1: You know, I do a lot of uh, writing for one time. Like I like uh, in my in my job, I'll have to write like a bit for like a a feature that I'm doing or something like that, and it'll be a couple. I'll do a couple rehearsals of it, but really it's a skill in itself to be able to write for live speaking mm-hmm. without it sounding canned. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy how, I mean, I'm st- it's still a work in progress and it will be for forever, I'm right. sure. But to get there, so... Like, I don't maybe, think
0: I'm there yet, by the way. Maybe like, there's
1: something Maybe there's something to the idea of just having the premise well enough worked out in your head that then you have to riff on it a little bit right. like, live or something. Yeah, too. that might be. I never that really thought be. about it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I it's funny, like the first time I went up to, I had... I had a, I have a mic because I have a podcast. So I, <laughs> my, my wife was sitting. I had this whole premise written out word for word, or the whole joke written out word for word. My wife was sitting on the couch, and probably forty-five times I <laughs> performed the joke to her in our living That's so embarrassing, but uh, no wonder it sounded rehearsed because it had been rehearsed more times than I've ever rehearsed anything in my entire life.
1: But I mean, like you watch a, you watch Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's right. not like he's just winging it, right? Uh, he's also a blockbuster actor, but yeah. like, uh, there's some value to yeah. rehearsing, I guess, or having well written bits that you have the wording the way you want, also. Yeah,
0: I think that's true. And I think everyone's style is different, too. Like, I know people who, Aaron Kirby, one of my best friends, doesn't write a single thing down on a piece of paper. Like, he, I, I looked at a joke of his one time and it was about baseball and he wrote like he had, it was well, the only joke I've ever seen him actually write down on a piece of paper and it was like the most. I can't even imagine what part of it was words and what part was a joke and what part was just like ancillary information that he had on there to like, I don't know what.
1: Dominoes. Yeah. Two, five, three.
0: Yeah. It looked like hieroglyphics to me. (laughs) And like for me, I have, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I write, I still will like sit down and write it down when I have, I also, uh, I learned this in school. My memory works better. I'll remember something if I write it down. If I don't write it down, I won't remember it. Once I write it down, I don't even need to look at the notes anymore, but... Writing it down like commits it to memory.
1: So. I have the same thing where if I write it down once, then I have at least a grasp on it, but I don't have the same thing where I can remember it. <laughs> it's like I, I now understand that I have a premise of something. Um, so I mean, okay, so are you sitting down with just an idea and then working through it? I, I don't understand what the whole process is for being able to get up on stage and be able to repeat a joke from night to night. Yeah. And, um, so for
0: me, I think what it is, it starts out with like a very small premise, and then I write down everything i can think on that premise oh. and then spend the rest of the time that joke exists tearing parts away from it cool so like uh and normally it ends up that i tear the whole thing away like it the whole thing goes away uh overthink it
1: maybe a little bit and
0: yeah or i just hate it like <laughs> and the crowd does also <laughs> hates it like the i just realized that the part of it it's funny cuz like my the jokes that i have that do the best the part like Without fail, the part that I thought was the most funny is just not in the joke anymore because crowds don't like it, and I'm not like, I'm a, uh, I'm not that stubborn. Like it's a, it's not a democracy, but enough crowds say they don't like that part. And I'm gonna stop saying it. I guess
1: <laughs> you'd like to once in a while come off stage feeling decent about the yeah. thing you did. I guess. <laughs> That's Okay, so that's, it's an incredible system to, uh, I'm the same way, I was in a thing called future problem solving when I was uh, in high school, obviously very cool, um, <laughs> and it was like they gave you like a premise, and then you had to write down 10 things about, like, here's this, like, it's raining acid, what are the problems that come from that, and you have to write down a bunch, and then you mm-hmm. like find the most relevant problem, and then you write down 10 solutions to it, and you forgot the most relevant solution to that right. problem that you invented, and then you try to pitch that and it seems sort of similar to that i guess your approach to it at least
0: yeah so my wife is an english teacher and she makes students do things like this yeah like she come they come in and then she has like a question on the board and you're really her biggest
1: project yeah, so. that's right
0: <laughs> that is right she's all actually all i'm just the pretty face she writes all the material <laughs> in the background I, say it better next ed, time yeah, edit this out edit this out <laughs> of the podcast uh yeah, that. So I don't know. That's, a, but then I know people that don't do that at all. Like I don't know. I wish my brain worked that way, where I could just like think of something at two p.m., go home, get drunk, take a nap, wake up at eight p.m., go tell it on stage, and have it like somewhat formed, or even do that and then have it be bad and then fix it the next day. Like I, I'm like meticulous about. I re- I've recorded. All but like five sets I've ever done in my whole life. I still have mm-hmm. my first set ever cool. recorded. It's so bad though. Like, I've, I went back and listened to it like six months in, or maybe even a year in, and I was like, ooh, why, why did you keep doing this? Like, you should have, that was bad. If, if
1: you feel like sending a joke to us so we could put it in the pod, please <laughs> go right ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but I, I don't know, that's like, for me, that's the way that it's always worked for like everything though, right? For writing, for podcast, like it's, I don't know, just a little bit regimented where I don't know if everyone's, most people, I don't know if they're like that. So
1: you might be a little envious of a way that somebody else can do it. Have you ever caught wind of maybe someone else who's like, oh, I wish I could write better?
0: Oh yeah. I think that, I think everyone that just envies the thing that they don't do as sure. well, right? I think that's what it is. Human like, nature, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, uh, I'm not, I've. I'm very stoic, not stoic, I'm very, I'm like a statue on stage. I don't move around on stage at all. It's like a thing that bothers me that I don't do, right? Like, I've just recently started to, like, force myself to move. Because I don't have jokes that require me moving around or acting stuff out. And uh, I just envy people that can do that naturally, right? Like, I'll see people go up first open mic, and they feel comfortable. Like, they're like Chris Rock walking, like, stomping across the stage. And I'm like... Yeah, maybe you can't tell a joke, but you do this thing that I've been trying to do for a long time and can't do. I can't do it. Yeah, you can sell your
1: not jokes, but you <laughs> can uh... Wow, that's fantastic. Okay, so then I guess I'm fascinated by how people use their comedy in different directions. Like, It's not just about getting on stage. The scariest part of doing comedy, I think, to be actually in front of humans that are like, I don't like you. <laughs> um, and you've gone a uh, different avenues. First, with the Off Speed podcast is the first I'm familiar with you okay okay i don't know if you've done stuff before that or not
0: i had a i had a sports blog for a while and Mm -hmm. i technically had a podcast on it but off speed was definitely like i don't know what was that three years ago it started and that was like probably the coolest thing like that i've done not the most like financially successful but the most fun for sure
1: sure and so how did you feel like podcasting helped your comedy
0: um it introduced me to aaron is honestly like the that's the how'd you guys hook up uh i was doing a i had the sports blog and like a bad podcast on that sports blog <laughs> yeah and it's a very romantic story yeah aaron and i started arguing on a thread of a comedian <laughs> i didn't know he was a comedian at the time and then i saw he was a comedian i saw you like the mariners and at the time his facebook said that he lived in tacoma and i was like oh this is perfect And then it turns out he lived in like Kirkland at that time, but he came to my house to, this really does sound like I'm talking about the beginning of a romantic relationship. He came to my house the first time Oh. and we did a podcast and we had so much chemistry that the next week he came back and did another podcast. Oh. And then the next week he came back and did another podcast. And I remember after like the third podcast, I said to my wife, I was like, I kind of want to ask Aaron to do a podcast with me. and she's like it like it was a real life like she was trying to convince me to ask a girl out <laughs> and it was funny because uh i he was leaving, it was like waited like this is like exactly how i am with women too which is i'm so happy i'm married uh i was wait i waited till he was like leaving oh, i real quick from the third post. like hey by the way i have an uh, I have an idea and uh do you think sometime maybe you might want to consider possibly doing a podcast with me, and he was like, dude, I've been talking to my girlfriend about that for weeks. Oh, you guys like, oh, are adorable. I know, I know I'm, my, uh, I'm blushing right now telling this story, <laughs> and then that's how it started, and then like, I don't know, we've had, we had a lot of great chemistry, I think we were very different from each other too, like he's a goofball and I'm into analytics, and uh, I thought, I think that went well. It was like the thing that made us uh, do well on there, and the, probably the thing that ultimately ended the podcast is how different we were. Um, I mean, he, him moving to
1: Chicago could not have been helpful. It
0: definitely wasn't helpful, but, uh, we've talked about it a lot of times off, like obviously not on a podcast, but we've talked about it a lot of times and we were both done doing the podcast way before he moved to Chicago. Like it had just run its course. I think and it was a blast for a while. It was the funnest thing I did all week. Sure. And then probably comedy took over that. And then it started to be inconvenient because he was working like seven days a week Doing, he did a, a twitch show mm-hmm. and I was doing comedy and we had a third guy and so like coordinating our schedules was a nightmare. and it became like m- and I wanted to prepare and he didn't have time to prepare because his schedule was packed and he wanted to maintain
1: a relationship with his girlfriend. All good problems to have except for the pod.
0: Sure yeah. so but anyways, that's the that's where it ended up. and, and I think like he just stopped liking doing it and when one person stops liking doing it this is like a really like a VH1 behind the music thing we got going on here uh anyway i i stopped liking doing it and then we stopped doing it and that's probably the best way to handle something like that
1: do you feel okay when you stopped
0: oh yeah we're still great friends i talk to them all the time uh there was probably i think it lifted a weight off of everyone's shoulders cuz there was like a little bit of growing animosity but we're still like I still talk to him. He still sends me awful pictures on uh, my text message while I'm at work all the time. Um, yeah, we're still we're still cool. I still bother him about comedy stuff way more than he wants me to. What's your day job? Uh, I do like uh, I do like uh, software analytics stuff. Obviously, um, <laughs> well, it's like a, it's funny because my t- I, they call me a systems analyst, but I'm definitely not qualified for that. So, uh, I'm not going to say the company. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah I'm but not sure. um, they are, uh, yeah, that's, it's not like exciting.
1: Yeah. It was not anything what I was hoping to get out of that. <laughs> that question was a throwaway. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, you, how many episodes did you guys do of Offspeed?
0: We did like 85 full episodes, and then we did a couple like that we called point fives, yeah. where it would be just a one on one interview or. Um, Something that was different from what we would normally do. We had like a real, it was kind of It was kind of fun because we had like a real format. Like we had, this is the order things go in. Like it was probably the closest thing I've ever come to making good radio because we had like, these are the segments we want to do. This is the format. Um, and then when we broke that, we would call it a 0.5 because if we were talking to, if it was just me talking to someone yeah. or whatever. Um, so like probably over a hundred total. Cool. Yeah,
1: uh, you're a good interviewer too um oh, just thank listening you. to some of the things you've done it's um which is rad when you get and you you were good enough I guess to get some opportunities who who are some of your favorites that you were able to sit down with and talk oh, to man. with offspeed I, so I mean you were tied into the mariners all right it yeah seems. we
0: did uh, Kevin Martinez has been he's the VP of marketing for the mariners he has been one of the most like giving people with this time He's he's the best. Kevin Martinez, I have nothing but good things to say about. And he's like a great interview. He's funny, he's he's interesting. He won't swear on the podcast. That's uh <laughs> what well, uh I he's probably honestly, he's probably. I've interviewed him twice. Uh I have a new podcast, I interviewed him on that. Um boy, who else? I Oh, the like a, the obvious one. We got John Ryan. To come into my dining room in Tacoma and drink beer and swear and his, his wife's a comedian we talked about uh her a bunch like that was a blast. That was very cool.
1: That was my first introduction to oh, you really? in general. Was was uh, John Ryan coming on Offspeed and yeah. uh, fantastic that he was that he's just that down that he was like yeah I'll I'll do that. Yeah. And he showed up and was just like a casual kind of like kind of quiet guy. I mean he yeah. like said some fun stuff or whatever, yeah. but it was like a-
0: I've tried to get him on podcast since then no response (laughs) 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 i have his phone number i think he's changed it or he's got me under do not respond (laughs) but but, uh yeah no that was that was amazing and that all happened uh that all happened like we never thought that that was a potential thing we could do right like i've had i know a decent amount of sports writers and i could get um like there's a guy i'm friends with named enosaurus that writes for fan graphs and he's a guy that like i respect a ton i can get him on a podcast and for like me and a handful of people that i'm friends with that's a real big deal but john ryan was like holy moly like that guy
1: you get some real downloads on that
0: yeah he's like i mean he's famous yeah he's famous around here especially and he's funny and like i also think that teams i uh tried to i've tried to get interviews with players on this (sighs) new podcast
1: dude it's hard it's that's that was in my next question for you is like the challenges of getting through the i think as you called it the the, the red tape i guess is yeah just, 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 simply uh to be able to get through to the players you know i'm tweeting back and forth with brad evans and i'm like come in and be on my radio show and yeah. he was like yeah, yeah yeah sure we'll never do it i have to ask the guy at the sounders nine thousand times until yeah. they're ready to do something and I mean, I like. I don't know what's going on there. Like, yeah. But the fact that I can like go back and forth directly with a person on the internet, but they won't do anything because right. they have protocol to follow, and that's difficult protocol to get through. And then some guy tweets at freaking Clint Dempsey, come be on my fishing show. Yeah. And like he's like, hey, yo, make this happen. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure, Clint. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's it's a crazy process, and I don't think people know about that.
0: It's all like it feels. It all feels so uh, inconsistent. Like, I am friendly with this guy named John Baker that was a, uh, he was a baseball player for a long time. Now he's the mental skills coordinator for the Cubs. He, someone told him to be on our podcast and I just started like texting with him a little bit away from that. And when he, uh, the first, we could never make it work to get him on our podcast until the Mariners cut him and then he was like basically retired. Yeah. And. Got him on twice, no problem. Talked about, like, controversial issues. Uh, He was, like, so open about the things about the Mariners he was frustrated about. Wow. And and then he's on the Cubs now, and I was like, hey, man, I'd like to talk to you about what a mental skills coordinator does, because I don't think anyone knows. Yeah. And uh, it was the first podcast of the new one. Okay,
1: so let's talk about that real quick. I'm sorry to oh, interrupt yeah, no but it's called Cask Audio. That's Cask Audio, yeah. It's like, like it's like Cascadia yeah, yeah, only yeah. audio. It's very clever. I like I like yeah, the yeah. look of it and the the logo's simple enough, and easy enough to understand. The I'm like trying Cascadian to get that flag. thing on
0: a t shirt or something. I think it would make a decent t shirt. I got a guy for you. All right. Um, shout
1: outs to Cool Keith. Uh we'll talk cool about Keith. that here in a second. All he's right. the best. Um he's a two five three guy as well. Oh so. great. That's perfect. <clears throat> um yeah, but uh, the new podcast is you're I think six episodes in now, and yeah. actually, I I went to the leadoff because I saw John Baker, and I was oh, like, well, let's listen to this. And you guys have familiarity; it's not yeah. just you interviewing some random dude, and he's funny. Yeah, he's great. And now I want to go back and find out what he sounds like when he's not <laughs> <laughs> holding well, that, back. That was the thing is this time around, like
0: he he goes, uh, yeah, I'll be fine to do it. Uh, you know, like it just didn't work out while they were in spring training mm-hmm. to do it. Like his schedule never matched my schedule. Um and then by the time we were like okay we're going to do it on Thursday he's like I just got an email from the VP of whatever yeah I got to get approval like can you at least send him something that says like this is what we're going to talk about so that he feels okay about it. Sure. Which was interesting because he'd been so like the whole time he wanted to do it. The whole time he wanted to do it and he would have done it, but he has like this it's there's bureaucracy. Yeah. When you work for because a because they have to control
1: team. their image. Totally. And, and then a, on and top they're right of,
0: to, right? Like
1: right. and then on top of that, MLB says you have to control your image right. a certain way. Like for instance the MLS is notorious because MLS controls their media really right. heavily because it's a brand new league and it's growing super fast and they yeah. don't want it to get out of control. And I respect that. I totally understand how that would become a thing it's just frustrating when you're like a dude talking to a dude and you're like but just do the same dude talk yeah only over here so everyone wins
0: yeah and i'm not like i mean it's not like he and i are having long phone calls where you know but he's like was totally gung-ho to do it had yeah. no problems with. you could tell when
1: you talk to him like he's like uh, in the first episode of cascadia yeah you can like hear that he's like excited to talk to you
0: i wish that uh i stopped recording and we had this like this is my favorite thing about doing those. Is a lot of times what'll happen is I'll record an interview with someone for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And then we end up talking for another hour and a half. And it's like, I'm, I understand why you wouldn't let me record that. Yeah. But this is great. Like, yeah, this, this is way better. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish that the world could hear your opinions on this. Cause yeah, he was phenomenal. He's like a, such a smart guy. Like, I don't think, I don't know, baseball players maybe, I don't know if they get enough credit for how smart they are. That dude is extremely smart.
1: And, uh, Mental skills coach oh, yeah, means that he helps people deal with the struggles of the pressure of being a top level whatever.
0: Yeah, he called it being a camp counselor, and I think then he described something that is nothing like what a camp counselor does. It's like
1: being a camp counselor, you know, rowing and swimming, and <laughs> yeah. no, not that at all. It's like dealing with the pressures of being crushed by a giant machine where thirty thousand people yell at you every day. Yeah, it's having like your a-
0: dreams end in a second when you you know whatever are cut by a team or yeah that's uh he's great and yeah i I agree like the whole getting guests thing is such a is such a tough i'm glad to hear you struggle with it too because you could i've i had a guy uh a major league baseball i guess executive he's like on the marketing team of a a, uh marketing department of a team and he was like uh He's like, I can't get you players. We have a club policy no players on podcasts that aren't run by like massive organizations. Yeah. Which is whatever. I don't, I mean, that's like, I understand that that's like what a a podcast is, right? Especially right now. And he even said, like, someday maybe that'll be different. We're not really caught up to like modern media. Um, but then I was he's like I could let you talk to a couple of our broadcasters and I was like that would be great like they're yeah, like please. former big leaguers they have a uh, a full spanish language broadcasting uh, team awesome. that would be like I would love to hear uh hear from those guys like talk to those guys and then he was like, "Hey, can I get a link to your podcast?" And this is like a very, uh, this is very much like doing an open mic in a crowd, not liking it. Because I sent him a link to the podcast, uh. and he goes, "How about you do a couple more and then talk to me again?" And I was like, "Okay, like this probably isn't going to happen." Because I sent him the Kevin Martinez one, which is about as tame as I can be. Yeah, and he that wasn't enough for him to. Uh, sign off on it so
1: it's tough though man because i get to like you're saying i get to be i have to worry about what i say because i have advertisers but i also get to use the tentpole of a major market radio station to be like hey how about you do this thing but it's still not easy yeah they still and like you know newsflash people that run sports organizations typically aren't just like homegrown people that like worked their way up they like came from somewhere else and they've lived here for seven weeks and they don't know what this organization I'm representing is. And so I don't care who you think you are. You're just some guy annoying me right now.
0: Yeah, I'm almost like, sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I'm also blown away that people actually agree to do it at all, right? (laughs) Because it's definitely inconvenient. Like the the idea that John Ryan at some point got a direct message from me on Twitter. (laughs) And I said, hey, do you want to drive 40 miles and sit in my dining room in a city that you're probably not familiar with And, uh, talk to me for an hour and a half and potentially say something that'll ruin your career (laughs) and he was like okay like that's I I don't I cannot put myself in his shoes saying yes to that like I'd like to say that if I ever was famous at all I would do it but I'd immediately stop
1: talking to everyone (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ever leaving my house again thank you but it's fun to be able to get in to do that he must have had a good time I think he had a good time not good enough to do it again (laughs) you might have to come to him next time
0: yeah that's true he he has his own podcast now and it. Maybe that's the deal.
1: Um, tell us where we can find cask audio.
0: It's uh so I have a website, cascaudio.com. It's spelled like Cascadia, but the last part of it's audio. Yeah. Audio.com, but then I got this kick ass URL that's C A S C dot audio. Yeah. Which I really like. One of the second I th- Thought of the name Cascadio, yeah. I knew that I was quitting Offspeed Podcast and burning the whole thing down and start. No, I was very happy to come up with that. And I, uh, anyways, it's that. And then there's some other podcasts on that website, like uh, our old former co-host. Uh, his name's well. He doesn't use his name. BRC Yeah is his Twitter handle, and that's what he uses. He has like a kind of MMA podcast on there. We got a couple more.
1: Love a kind of podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's good.
0: Uh Drink and Debate actually is a podcast. Oh good. And there's uh two episodes of it up on the website right now. And I'll be releasing or no, there's only one up right now, and I'll be releasing the second one right before the live show at Tacoma Comedy Club. Um and yeah, and we have a couple other things going on so you yeah, like a little network that you're kind that you're doing of here, it's yeah. more like i don't want to put any work into it being a network it's like i know a lot of people who are doing their podcasts in a way that makes me not want to listen to them like the audio <laughs> quality sucks or whatever yeah and so like i want to help those people uh i don't really want to like go recruit anyone yeah. or there's no there's not a lot of money to be made in podcasts yeah so
1: I'm lucky because I can be like, hey, for an hour, I'm actually doing something. Work, right. Yes. This is working, isn't it? <laughs> of course, I'm going to go home at noon today so that I can come back and do work later.
0: And they're like, oh, very good. Also, yes. oh, I, I bought you some time off. Is that what's going on? Yes. Effectively. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's I also,
1: I, it's uh, in recording time versus internet time, which is timeless. It's 629 right now and I go to bed at seven. So do you go to bed at seven? That's when I get into bed. Then we watch some Frasier and then- You uh, watch,
0: oh dude, we are falling in love. I can't wait. It's uh, it's funny. My uh, my wife is a big Frasier fan, and we never, I never liked that show. And then we sat down and watched it. Pretty good show.
1: Uh, the writing is fantastic. If you're if you're gonna be offended by like rich hoity-toity white guys being annoying, then fine. You're never gonna like Frasier. But the writing is well done. It's so...
0: it's amazing though because i never had like watched that show with enough attention. To, like, there's some stuff on that show that like if that came out today. There's some, like, offensive stuff. <laughs> like, I, mean, I guess that's probably true of all the shows sure, around that yeah, time, yeah, it's a different right? time. Like, just the language, like, the uh, words that you're supposed to say in place of other words have changed. But it's also funny because there's a lot of, like, humor that's make like, the joke is someone's gay, and uh, Niles and the dad are both gay in, in real life.
1: life. Yeah. That, so they'd use the thing where, like, well, they were cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Casey, where can we find you specifically online so we can tweet nice pictures of weird pictures to you? I'm
0: at DKC and at, or in DKC McLean. Oh, yeah. Send me some naked, uh, some uh, genitalia pics, please.
1: Uh, if you're listening, Aaron, yeah. we mean uh, you.
0: He's beat you to the punch dozens and dozens of times. DKC uh, McLean on Twitter and DKC Dude,
1: thanks for coming all the way up to Seattle to do Thank this. Thank you
0: for having me. I appreciate it.
1: You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at HeyGregor. Find more episodes online at SoYou'reInSeattle.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog, Chowder.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,